Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, smack a macabre. I am me and I am with. Oh, yeah. I'm 138, goddammit. Wadzilla, baby. You're 138? Yes. I am 138. Yeah. And we got a special guest with us today. First time on the show, long-time listener, Jose Gonzalez. Jose, how you doing? Not too bad, Ian. How are you? Oh, uh, I could be drunker, but I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a slow start. And, hey, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Just so our listeners know, Jose's not under the influence. Ralph and I are completely on another level, but Jose's going to remember everything we say. So we're going to be on our best behavior. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Thank you guys for having me. This, oh, this is... This is going to be a unique show because we're going to review the Misfits in Spanish, me and Jose, and you're, you're going to do it in English. Ah! <laughs> exactly. I like the sound of that. Ah. <laughs> See, that, that's racist, Ralph. That's racist because how do you know Jose speaks Spanish? Just because his uh, name is Jose Gonzalez. Yeah, that's why I think he speaks Spanish. <laughs> Jose, do you speak Spanish? Yes, it's actually my first language. Ah, ah, ah shit. That shit. Well, mine is, is alcoholic. Uh, Oye, oh, hey, so. hey, Ian, Ian, Ian es un sapingo. Hey! Yeah. Hey. Yeah, vete, vete, pa, vete pa carajo, Ian. What? Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, this sucks. This sucks. Exactly, exactly. Oh, man. Oh. Man, this is... Uh, a long time coming. I was just telling Ralph uh, that I messaged you, Jose, when, when we were getting ready to do this. Uh, it was because of scheduling issues in the past. You know, your days off were when I was working and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I asked you, like, hey, you got a Skype thing? And you're like, yeah, we talked about four years ago on Skype. Yeah, <laughs> five and, years ago, actually. Five. Oh, five. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, so, my God. So, ooh. <laughs> ooh, boy, how do you say patience in Spanish? <laughs> yeah, what he said. But uh, man, I want to thank you so much, brother, and thank you for being so patient. And I no, think we're no. going to give you an episode that's worth the wait. And uh, been looking forward to this one. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you and Ralph yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you're still alive, Jose. Oh, I'm still alive. Yeah, so far, <laughs> so, far so good. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Jose, um, Ian is a self-admitting fan of Duran Duran. That makes him a mama bicho. <laughs> what? Well, I guess, what? I guess, you're gonna, I guess, <laughs> this is a cocksucker, I guess. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> no, hey, hey. Right. Well, that, that makes two of us, I guess, because I'm a Duran Duran fan as well. Oh, so. there you go. Two mama <laughs> bichos here. Hey, hey, sorry, not sorry. All right. It's not punk oh, rock to be I, sorry. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm just happy you're here to translate this shit. I thought he was saying something very nice about me. Oh, uh, well. Uh, oh, well. Uh, you went to me. Well, hey, uh, Jose, you've heard the show a million times, so you know you are going to be part of the news with us. So okay. let's get into it. 
Gotcha. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold announced Life is But a Dream three, 360 degree immersive album experience. I think that means this album is going to suck in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are we even talking about these guys, really? Yeah. Not a, I don't, not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, none of us are fans. They suck. Yeah, nobody, no. nobody that listens to us is a fan of Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, hey, I take that back. Yeah. Um, Mark, Mark Daly. Uh, hey, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done, dude. I said nobody that listens to our show likes Avenged Sevenfold. Therefore, if they do, they're a nobody. That's a terrible thing to say about Mark. You know he's on his deathbed. He's a mama beacho. Well, that's Mark Mark X, Adam Taylor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next story, then. Except Wolf Hoffman says, we are one of the very few bands that still play everything in the original key. And uh, I got to say, for a band that old, that's probably, I would think... Probably the only other band that's been around that long or longer that still plays the original key would be Cheap Trick, huh? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. except except plays in the original key with non-original members. That is true. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. But but they do have a very good... I love uh, Mark... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark, uh, da- Mar- Mark Alden Taylor. Yeah, Mark, <laughs> da- Mark David Chapman. T.T. Uh, yeah. Quick. Uh, but I I love the shit they do with them. It'd be great if, if uh, you know Udo and a couple of the other guys were there. But I like the shit they do with the the new Mark, guy, Mark Tornillo, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, there you go, Mark Tornillo. Mark Tornillo, yeah, yeah. Good singer, good, good singer. singer, great singer. Yeah. Have you Have you guys seen Except with him yet? I haven't. Yeah, I did. But I did on 2010 on the Blood of the Nations tour. Yeah, I did the same thing too. Same deal. And how how was it? Good shit. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. Fantastic, yeah. Fantastic. Killer. It was better than oh. Duran Duran, that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, all right. Next story. Ex Rainbow singer Doogie White on Richie Blackmore says he sucks you in, he bleeds you dry, then sets you free. Who? And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doogie Doogie Hauser White. He sang on that one, yeah. He on that one Rainbow album only Ralph likes. Stranger than yeah, us all. That is true. He was a he was a one and done. Uh, but he did bring up a great point, you know that uh, you know there's a lot of well not a lot but there's a few vocalists, legendary vocalists that we wouldn't know if it wasn't for Richie Blackmore and specifically talking about David Coverdale and Ronnie James Dio and. Uh, you know, he brings up a good point. I know the one that we love the most, of course, is Dio. But who knows if, uh, <clears throat> you know, because Elf wasn't doing that great. You know, look at what we might have missed out on if it wasn't for Dio hooking up with Richie Blackmore. And the same thing with uh, Coverdale, you know. Oh, yeah. Richie, Richie Blackmore flat out rules. Oh, fantastic. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's and a god. I- He's, I'm he's holding out for those rumors, man. I, I like the rumors that he might come back to purple because I would love to see that. Yeah, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Should yeah. be a crime. Should be a, should be a crime that he's not as well revered as some other players, like your you know your Jimmy Page or insert whatever guitarist you want to name here. Yeah, well, Richie, I mean, Rich, Richie's 
he's so underrated. It's, it's yeah, underrated. but the problem <laughs> is, is that because we have such a popular podcast that Ian badmouths them, and all Ian Sheep don't like Blackmore either. <laughs> I, I I like Blackmore. It's just uh, you know, hey, I think he takes himself down a notch playing that goddamn uh, medieval times. Yeah, <laughs> that joust shit. Yeah, yeah, that joust metal. That joust love, metal, man. That, that shit. That, that dumb fen- shit put the asses in the seats, man. That fencing shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. But now he brought up a great point, and uh, you know, and and Doogie even said he said, "Hey, what the fuck would I be doing, you know, without him?" And he's got a point, you know. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now, anyway, but. Uh, who does Doogie sing with? I don't know. He was in Alcatraz the last I heard. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to see. Alcatraz, <laughs> and, you know, he did some shit with Ingve. But, uh, yeah, not, not a huge fan. I don't know. I think I listened to maybe, like, 40 seconds of each song on that album. So maybe I need to give it another chance. Ralph seems to like it. So, yeah. There's some decent tunes on it. It's been a while, but, yeah, there's some decent tunes. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, something that I, I don't know if this will uh, float your boat, Jose, but I know it'll make Ralph very happy. Uh, John Oliva says, upcoming sab- Sabotage album and tour will be his way of saying goodbye to everybody. And he also goes on to say, this album will be the best thing he's ever done. I am a Sabotage fan. I am a Sabotage fan, yes. So, <laughs> a bold statement there. Now, he will be sharing vocals on the album with the Zach this guy. yeah yeah what do you think of this Zach guy is he any good yeah, I like him but you know I, I, I'd rather have it all John you know but we're not gonna get a classic sabotage album we're gonna get you know like the poets and madmen you know that Siberia orchestra type shit I'd yeah. rather have I'd rather have that stripped down Dungeons are calling Hall the Mountain King sabotage, you know? Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I don't mind the later stuff. It's that, you know, you know, basically, you can't have sabotage without Chris Oliva. You just can't, you know? It's been proven. But, yeah, some good stuff without Chris Oliva, but nowhere near as classic as, you know, everything he's done with sabotage, I don't think. I was actually going to ask you, Ralph, yeah. if you were a fan of anything after, was it Edge of Thorns? Was his last I liked, album? I, I, no, yeah, that was his last album. But I liked Handful of Rain. I liked Poets and Mad Men. You know, I liked them, but I didn't love them. Like, yeah. everything from Streets Down, you know I mean? That, to me. Right, but classic really, but, Yeah, I mean, I, I, Streets is already getting all operatic and shit. And even yeah. Gutter Ballet to an extent. But I can deal with it. I, I don't mind it. But it's really everything from Mountain King down is my sabotage, you know. Right. Absolutely. Fight for where, the rock. In, yeah. Fight for the rock included. <laughs> yeah. Where where Ian only likes the sabotage that had John Taylor on bass. <laughs> yes. Yes. The funky shit. Yeah. Oh god. Well, here's a story you were absolutely right on, Ralph. Of course. Eddie Van Halen's Hot for te- Eddie Van Halen's Hot for Teacher guitar sold for close to four million dollars. Holy, much mackerel. more than they were. 
much yeah. more what the, than what they were predicting. Well, I don't know I, who the fuck got it. No, I don't either. But all I know, it's worth more than four million. Oh hell yeah! Are you a Van Halen fan, Jose? Yes, I am. No, I'm not a Hagar fan. Yeah. <laughs> ah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. How do you say Jose's fucking awesome in Spanish? Uh, Jose S. Fucking awesome. <laughs> exactly. S. Nice. And I got to say, I am quite surprised that both you, Jose, and Ian don't like Sammy Hagar since you are Duran Duran fans. No, I do love the first Montreals. I, I did. I, I do love the first Montreals. Oh. Oh, he is a weak link on there. Well, <laughs> it's a it's a good album, but he sucks on there. No, no, no. There's there's other qualities that make it great. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. He, we, he doesn't. He really doesn't have we, nothing to do with the awesomeness of that album. No, no, definitely not. Of course, it's the band, the band, yeah. the the band actually plays this shit. You know. So. All right. Well, next story: Alex Lifeson's "Envy of uh, No One." project is releasing a new EP called That Was Then, This Is Now. Uh, I've not heard anything. I don't know. Do they have anything else? Has anybody heard this? No, I, well, I haven't. I've actually only just heard the name. I haven't checked any of that stuff out. So. Uh, I'd be curious. It shows uh, there's a chick in the band and two dudes. So I don't know who's handling what. Um, I don't know if you guys ever checked it out. I did. And it really didn't grab me, but I'd need to listen to it again. Did anybody check out his solo album, Victor? Yeah, I hated it. I own it. I yeah. don't like it at all. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't care for it myself. Man, I bought it. I, I found it, like, cheap, you know, in a bargain bin. Ah, it's Alex Lights, and I was like, God damn, this is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, though, I did love Getty Lee's solo album. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. That, that was, was a good really one. Sure. Yeah, I'd like that. So, well, we'll see what this one is. I would like to see him do something with Gaddy and and somebody else. Not call it Rush, but I'd like to see him work on something. They need to get the drummer of Duran Duran and stop fucking around. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, he's good. Rock solid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, something that that I think will probably be even worse to your ears than Duran Duran, Ralph, is uh, Nikki Six says. Producer Bob Ezrin is back, bringing the best out of Motley Crue in the studio. You mean you mean Bob Rock, not Bob Ezrin? Oh Bob yeah, Rock, yeah, Bob Rock. Yeah, same <laughs> same thing. Uh, holy shit! Uh, this the other, the good thing is though, I doubt it's for like a full album of horrible music. I bet you they're getting ready to release their 372nd greatest hits. Yeah, and there's probably there's probably going to be two. Horrible new songs on there that were probably written with uh, 6 a.m. The probably 6 a.m. leftovers. Yeah. With John Five on guitar. Well, it's a good thing they took Mick Mars 25. percent They were uh, uh, they they had enough money to afford Bob Rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shit. You got to think about that, man. They might be dropping some fucking coin on him. But then again. Maybe not, because I don't know if he's produced anything since Saint Anger. Oh, Bob Rock is expensive. Don't don't, don't be fooled. That guy's mega expensive. And and who knows? Maybe he has produced crap that we don't even know about. Who knows? Well, I can guarantee he's produced some crap. Yeah. But uh, 
That's oh, sure. man. I, I, I tell you what, though. I can't wait to hear these new songs because I'm sure it'll be comedy gold. Oh, they're, they're going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I tell you what, those new songs that were on the dirt, holy shit. Just when you yeah. think they and, – and I believe John Five played on those. And he couldn't yeah. save that shit. Those were no. horrible. <laughs> and I saw a funny post that Nikki Six made, like on Instagram or some shit, saying that he was working on lyrics for the new songs because, as you know, lyrics are very important to him. <laughs> yeah. He actually yeah. had the balls to say that. <laughs> lyrics are important to him. That's that's. Why it better be louder than hell? Uh, well, he he wrote some great lyrics on "Shout at the Devil." I don't know what happened after that, but there was some great lyrics on there. <laughs> ne- never matched that shit, you know. Well, that that was the guy who died wrote that shit. Oh yeah, Matthew Trippy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, Anthrax has once again canceled another European tour, uh, stated due to logistics. And that uh, seems to be a, a running theme over there in Europe, man. I guess shit's really fucked up now to tour over there. Uh, most of the bands I've seen canceling say it all has to do with diesel prices. Well, that Europe, and not selling tickets. Yeah, Europe responded. <laughs> Europe replied and said, "Thank God." Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to see him, but uh, yeah, not a good sign. Oh, man. Well, uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Oh! Uh, Ex-Iron Maiden singer Baze Blaley has finally been discharged after going a quadruple heart bypass. I Jeez. thought it was a, tri- oh a triple God. heart. Yeah, I, uh, guess, I guess it turned into a quadruple. Jesus yeah. Christ. That'll raise it up a bit. Yeah. Big time. Whoo, man. But again, I, I think here at the show, we wish him nothing but the best. And hey, it's a good sign he got, you know, discharged from the hospital. And, you know, uh, and it, yeah. And it could be that he's doing better or, you know, either that or Maiden was like, oh, we already spent enough on Paul Deano. We can't flip this bill, too. And they just kicked him out. You never know. And and in sad news, Clive Burr is still dead. Oh, yeah. The greatest drummer of Iron Man. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Nothing against Nico. Uh, well, here's something uh, we talked about on the last episode, and we got a little bit more information. Uh, San Francisco Bay Area thrash metal pioneers forbidden announced their comeback, but they're saying this is not a reunion; it's a rebirth because basically it's a new band. Uh, well, I, mean, I got one of the guitar players, the bass player. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> the bass player, one of the guitar <laughs> players. Uh, Dude, Russ, got... Russ, Russ is probably the most impressive thrash singer in the history of thrash, man. Right. And I got to tell you, I, when I heard that yesterday, I was bummed. I was like, what, Forbidden's getting back together yeah. with Russ? That's not right. And then a, a, a bunch of people were writing about that guy that's replacing Russ is amazing. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. I've, I've seen nothing but positive comments. I haven't heard the guy or anything he's done, but yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, this is going to be good. So now well, I'm curious. 
Well, tomorrow I'm I'm gonna be interviewing that guitar player, so I'll talk to him about it. Nice. Well, and also my friend Chris Contos is playing drums with him, so I'm happy for him and happy about that. Uh, he's a real cool dude, and uh, you know, just always seems to bounce around from different projects. But uh, I hope something works out with this. Uh, I love those early Forbidden <laughs> Records. I haven't checked out the later stuff, but man, no, those the, no, no, no. The last one's great, Omega Wave. But I did yeah. not like. I didn't like Green or Distortion. And I'm going to tell them that tomorrow. I don't know what they were thinking with those albums, but the first two albums in the Omega album is fucking awesome. Yeah. Awesome thrash. For sure. But, right, uh, you know, well, what I'll, can you do? I'll be right guy? back. All right. Where you at? Where you at, Jose? What do you? I'm live? right here. I'm right here. <laughs> no, where do you live? I live in Chicago. Oh, nice. yeah, I live in Chicago. So Ian and I are kind of from the same neck of the woods. I grew up in the city, so yeah. Right on. Is it? It's not cold now, is it? No, today is actually. It's weird. It's been like on and off, like mid fifties, and then today's like seventy something. It's kind of humid out. It's raining. Thunderstorm. Right. Yeah. No snow though, thankfully. So. 50s is cold as fuck for me, man. You think so? Oh, man. Well, no, for me, you know, because I'm a Floridian. Oh, right, because you're from Florida. That's right. You're yeah. Right. I mean, right. I know. I know. I know what it's like. I know. The, well, it gets, 50, it gets 50s down here on the winter and shit. But that's that's brutal for, you know, when you're acclimated yeah. to such a stable condition weather-wise, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think the Mama Bicho's back. <laughs> hey, Mama Bicho! Hey, Mama Bicho! <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of that shit in uh, Cheech and John. Uh, where where he tells a lot. Yeah, hey, Pendejo! <laughs> hey, Pendejos! <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, next story? Yeah, next story. All right, next story. Richie Faulkner says Rob Halford's still doing a few vocal touch-ups on the new Judas Priest album, and uh, I'm I got pretty high expectations for this one after Firepower. Oh, absolutely. You think they're going to be able to sustain that, or do you think you know that was kind of a an anomaly? Oh uh, well, I like Angel Retribution a lot, and I did not mind Nostradamus or Redeemer of Souls, so. Yeah, I could see them put out another good album. Better than Firepower? I don't know about that. We'll see. I'll be very impressed if it is. But I do understand it's going to be different than Firepower. Right. So, we'll see. I'm hoping it's good. How about you, Jose? You a big Priest fan? Love Priest. Love Priest. Love awesome. Priest, yeah. Redeemer, I actually well, like. Nostradamus, I was a little wonky on, but Firepower is fantastic, so... Hopefully, yeah, I, I'm hoping they keep it up, man. Uh, you yeah, know, and I'm happy with that lineup. Uh, I would love to go see that again live because Ralph and I caught that tour and it was amazing. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, I, I think if there's a band that can pull it off, I have faith, in, you know, that they can do it. But uh, it, it's going to be a tough one, man. That firepower is going to be a hard, hard act to follow. For sure. Yeah, but as long as but, it's classic priest, you know, it's. Priest is yeah. priest, you know, at the end of the day, so. 
<clears throat> I mean, shit, I, I, I still like fucking ram it down, so. <laughs> you know, I'm going <laughs> well, uh, Here's, uh, no, God, no. <laughs> uh, here's a story I was, I was talking about in the last episode, like my trepidation on whether or not to go see uh, this Wasp Armored Saints show that's coming here to Seattle. Now, I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't know. Uh, Blackie Lawless says he's been performing with a herniated disc in his lower back. Oh, my God. Uh, but says he's he's putting off having any surgery uh, till after the tour. But we'll see what happens. Maybe they can just strap him to that Elvis thing. Yeah. Put his back. Yeah, just go see him for Armored Saint, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, with with this, you know, with you know, a herniated disc at his age, with his weight, I don't know. I hope it makes it here. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go. Like I said, even if it's just for uh, for Armored Saint. And uh, I, I, Eric uh, RMCP even said it. He goes, man, get the get the meet and greet, hang out with Armored Saint. They're all cool dudes. I would do that. I wouldn't pay for the uh, Wasp meet and greet. That would just Blackie. You know. I didn't pay. I didn't pay for it. And I got one for free. Right, but. It, you didn't do the meet and greet for Armored Saint, though, right? What is funny is that it was sold out. I went to go buy it, but it was sold out. But the way that venue was was mapped out that day, Armored Saint came out for the VIP for the people outside. I mean, the people that paid for the VIP were outside. And I just blended in, man. I walked up there, and I had all my... Uh, I had them sign all my albums, and I wasn't even part of the VIP, but... I was respectful because after they signed my album, I walked away. I didn't hang out because, you know, after all, I didn't pay. But fuck it. Let me get my album signed, you know. But I didn't chit-chat. I chit-chatted with uh, Philip because he walked into a restaurant me and my friend were eating at. And, uh, yeah, he was cool. The other day, um, I put up, oh, what did I put up? Oh, I said, the uh, No Overkill sucks. And Phil wrote. <laughs> Phil wrote, this sucks, that sucks. Is there anything you like? He said to me. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Armored Saint, perfect discography. And then he was like, oh, Armored Saint salutes you. So for a second, he called me a, he thought I was a dick. And then he's like, oh, no, this guy's cool after all. <laughs> he's just got to get to know you. Yeah. All <laughs> uh, right. Well, here's uh, something I saw you made a post about, Ralph, a pretty funny post. Uh, Ozzy was photographed walking without a cane in Los Angeles. I saw is that. that. Is that a horrifying picture of him or what? Sad. <laughs> Sad. He does. He does look like a zombie. Exactly like a yeah, zombie. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Motionless. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's getting pushed out at this Power Trip uh, festival, man, I, I don't know. I mean... You know, in this day and age, we'll all see it online. But uh, uh, I can just think about him because I, I can't unsee it now after I saw it, that little back brace he stands behind in case he falls. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. And, and, and to get up there just to sing Mom, I'm Coming Home and that type of shit, <laughs> you know, it's like. He probably, he's probably going to be in a chair. Oh, man. It's just sad. Let let this man 
just you know play with his grandchildren and fucking retire already. Hey, you know, you know what yeah. is cool. You know what is cool is that ACDC's playing. Yes, that is very cool. True. I love that. Exactly. I was like, all right, ACDC's <clears throat> going out on stage again. That's awesome. Yeah, and it'll be their first time with uh, Brian Johnson since uh, yeah. what Black Black Ice Tour. No, no, no. Brian Johnson did the Rocker Bus Tour, but his oh, his that's right, year, he started it. Yeah, it's, yeah, they did like fucking like a year of it, and then his ear, his ear thing went. But they were out there wow. for many months with the Rocker okay. Bus Tour, playing stadiums actually. Well, wasn't that still the Rocker Bus Tour though with Axel too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, well, those were the shows made up. That'd be, and hopefully it's a great set list. I hope it is. I hope it's something that compares to those set lists they were doing with Axel because that shit was incredible. Yeah. So. All right, next story. <laughs> Sherry Curry says she will never forgive Lita Ford for backing out of uh, Runaways reunion when Sandy West needed it most. And apparently this was in the mid to late 90s. There was a proposed reunion of the Runaways, and at this time, Joan Jett was all in for it. And uh, Lita Ford was the one who said no. And apparently it goes back to she, she has some long-standing feud with uh, Joan Jett's uh, manager slash Bengali. I mean, this guy's been with Joan Jett ever since she left the Runaways. I think he's co-written a lot of songs with her and everything, so it's like a, a package deal, and she's still <laughs> with the guy. And uh, and Sherry says in the interview she was very upset because at the time Sandy West wasn't in the best of health and really could could have used the money. And uh, unfortunately, you know, she ended up passing away a few years after that. And then there was another proposed reunion where now Lita Ford was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it." And Joan Jett's like, "Nah, fuck this shit." She's like, "You know, we ain't teenagers anymore. You know, we're a bunch of old broads. You know, and Sandy's dead." I don't want to do it. And how how good how good would a Runaways reunion do? Come on, seriously. You know, I, I don't know. I, it would have been a novelty thing uh, for sure, like a little niche thing. I think at the time it was proposed in the '90s. I don't know. There could have been some like retro throwback. I think early 2000s probably would have been a peak part. But by now, if they did it right now. I mean, you're still talking a club-level tour. I don't think you're talking, you know. Of course. At, at, at best. I, now, would I go see it? You bet your ass. Runaways you know? were never, ever big. I think they were just big in Japan, but they were never a big act. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. even like, you know, the big hit Cherry Bomb got <clears throat> more famous, you know, just for being in movies and as time goes on, you know, being on like Days of Confused soundtrack and shit than it actually was at the time. But uh, I'd go see it, you know. I saw Joan Jett and Lita Ford in the same week about 10 years ago now, and they were both great. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to see a re, uh, Runaways reunion. But, yeah, at this point, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think it would have been nice, though, you know, considering, you know, Lita was the only one stopping it. You know, I always feel bad for these band members that have nothing going on outside the band they were in. You know, like people who weren't like, you know, didn't have a solo career 
or you know they weren't like songwriters and shit like that basically that's all they got but like you know their only chance of making money is if these other you know people will get together you know kind of like tom keeper with cinderella you know he wrote all this shit he's the voice but unless he says yes what the fuck are the other guys gonna do you know and that's unfortunate yeah, I, I heard. So. I heard Sherry, Sherry Curry's a major junkie too. That's what I heard. Like nowadays or in the yeah, past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, huh. they say she's a junkie still. I, I read that. Ah. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's <clears throat> what I read. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well, let's see. Do we have any more stories? I, I got. I got a story. Alrighty. Uh, Adrian Smith is calling for an Iron Maiden retirement. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Where did you see that? Well, I saw it somewhere online. I guess it wasn't Blabbermouth, but I read the article. Adrian Smith is like, you know, we should do a farewell tour and be over with it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I've heard some things, too. There's a certain, I'll tell you off the air, because I don't want to jinx it. But there is a certain member that right. can't really... There, There's a certain member of Iron Maiden that just is getting to the point where he can't do it no more. So... Uh, well, I, I think we all know who that is. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, so... And, and un, un, understandable. Um, you know, I mean, if they're going to keep putting out the albums they're putting out, I'm fine with them stopping. I mean, I really hope that I get to see... Uh, this next tour but I think even after that I would like to see him do another tour after that that's something that would encompass all areas and have a much better set list or buried set list you know or, or get a much better singer like Paul Diano <laughs> yeah that's right I said it but you know or you know they, they could let the uh you know, the, the member who can't do it anymore, let him go and get Roger Taylor from Duran Duran. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that note, we're going to get to the reason that Jose's here. And, uh, man, this is an album you picked years and years ago. And uh, I'm glad you stuck with it. And it's yeah. funny because we just recently did the debut album from Danzig, but now we are doing the band that started off, The Misfits. We're so, uh, again. Yeah, why don't you tell us, Jose, uh, how you got into The Misfits and, and why you picked this album? And just out of curiosity, are you an old fuck like me and Ralph, or are you young? How old are you? I'm 32. I'll be 33 in the Oh, summer. shit. You're a yeah. baby. You're a baby. <laughs> no, compared to a lot of people in my area, I'm pretty, I'm pretty old, you know? Surrounded by kids everywhere and shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but but, yeah. but not but now you're hanging out with the elderly. Hey, I wouldn't I yeah, wouldn't we, say that. We got, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. We got concert T-shirts older than you, damn it. Yeah, no, I, I got no, I, I, older than you. I'm not questioning that one bit. <laughs> so, but hey, if you come to Rock and Pod next year, I'll buy you a beer. You know? <laughs> yeah, 30, I'll let you. I'll let you drink for me. Thirty-two years ago, I was fifty-nine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fifty nine. <laughs> oh man, so well, how did well, that... yeah. Tell us, 
how did you get into punk rock and this and everything? Why is this the album you picked? So the Misfits and the Ramones are the reason I got into punk rock so heavy. Though who I discovered first, I discovered the Misfits first by a day. So the next day I discovered the Ramones. I discovered the Misfits when I was 13 years old, if I remember correctly. So quite a ways back, even though it doesn't seem like long ago. I was heading, my family and I were going on a trip to Wisconsin Dells for those of you, maybe, I mean, Ian, you probably yeah, know Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, yeah cause even Ian's from Chicago like myself, so. <clears throat> we were going on this trip, on this family trip, and a friend of mine, a friend of the family, let me borrow this CD, Walk Among Us, like, you gotta check this out. Play, play this song. I won't say which song until we get to the album, but I played the song. And I just remember thinking, I've heard this before, somehow, like this voice, something about it felt familiar. And I discovered dance like before discovering the Misfits, because I, you know, my background's mostly metal, but then I got into punk rock and the rest is history, right? So <clears throat> I picked this album because with music, timing is everything. It is my favorite Misfits album, spoiler alert. Not that there's a lot to choose from, but for the purpose of a studio album, a body of work as far as Danzig, all his bands go. This is to me his crowning jewel. I just, yeah, I love this album. That's how I got into him. Right on, Ralph. Misfits eluded me for many years. I was aware of them. I even heard them from my friend Henry, who was a big punk rock guy. He played me the Misfits like in the, I don't know, early 80s. But he played me the, the second Clash album, and none of it really resonated with me, the punk rock, you know, that he kept throwing at me. Then uh, my friend Ronnie had this album, <clears throat> Walking Among Us, which was after Garage Days, uh, Metallica. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I liked Green Hell and Last Caress. So, you know, and then my buddy got that, and I really liked it a lot. I was like, man, it was really good. So I, I, I dubbed it on a cassette. And I've ha I've had it for cassette, and then he had um, oh, what's the other Misfits album? The one that has 138 on it. Uh, Static I, Age. Yeah, Static Age and, and Walk Among. I put them both on a cassette, and I lived them with them for a while. And uh, I absolutely love the Misfits. I love. I even like some of the later stuff with Michael Graves. I didn't I didn't mind it that much, but this is the Misfits. For and, sure. This is a great, great album and a great, great band. And uh, yeah, that's how I discovered the Misfits. All right. Well, uh, probably, you know, I'd heard of them, of course, and seen the T-shirts. But probably, you know, first exposure was, you know, Garage Days, hearing that. And shortly after that, uh, I moved back from central Illinois, backed up around Chicago and hooked up with an old friend of mine and we used to listen like when we were in grade school you know we were listening like great dancing music and shit like that <laughs> and then by the time you know we met back up uh, freshman year he had gotten into punk and i'd gotten into metal so i'm playing him all this metal and he's playing me all this punk and uh you know i heard this and i was like oh this is cool you know he's turned me on to this and the dead kennedys and shit like that minor threat and um yeah yeah and, and i loved it i mean at first it was kind of weird you know because especially like when i say i was getting into metal you know around that time was before i was getting into true metal it was more like cinderella you know shit like that right. uh, but i dug it 
And, uh, you know, then it was probably, oh, a year after that, that the first Danzig came out, uh, you know, the Danzig band. And I got into that and then, you know, really got into that. So it made me go back and check out even more because he just played me a few songs here or there, but I didn't have any of the, the albums. And then I went and bought, uh, it's, you know, some people call it Misfits, some people call it Collection One, the greatest hits. Uh, and I yeah. was hooked. I was hooked. And, you know, I, I I still think, you know, spoiler for me, that's the, that's the best album. <laughs> you know, especially if you're trying to introduce somebody to the Misfits, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, it has, you know, all the old singles, you know, because they, they were a punk band and had that punk either. You know, there were so many singles, you know, before this album came out. They recorded two albums before this, but this they, was the first one released. They did, yep. Uh, Dedicated was be, first. Yeah, and, and then uh, 12 Hits from Hell. 12 Hits from and Hell. And then they... Yeah, and they recorded this, but this was the first one that was released as yep. an album. Uh, but yeah, I, I just fell in love with them, and then from there I went, you know, went back and got into Sam Hain or San Wa, however you want to say it, uh, or Sawin or whatever the fuck it is. But uh, I, I've just been a huge Glenn fan, and at first when they, you know, the, the second era or whatever, I mean, they've had like fifty-seven eras by this point, so many lineup changes. But the shit with Mike. The shit with Michael Graves, I refused to listen to it. When American Psycho came out, I'm like, nope, no dancing, no fucking deal. And then I ended up getting Famous Monsters, or second one with Michael Graves, through like uh -huh. BMG, like Columbia House type shit. And I was yeah. like, you know what? It's it's okay. It's not like the old shit, but you know, there's a little something there. And uh then I got more into that, but this is the real shit, you know. Right, absolutely. Uh, for for damn sure. But uh, I love this album. Now, this is one that I didn't listen to for the longest time because I had Collection 1, and then I got the box set that came out, and the box set was amazing. If you got oh, it back yeah. in the day, it came in its coffin, and there was a pen and an awesome book, and it was everything from, you know, the original shit except this album. Yep, because they didn't have the rights to it. So I, mm -hmm. I listened to everything else, and then it was years later that I got, you know, I listened to this as an album. I knew a lot, of, quite a few of the songs off of this, but I never listened to it as a complete album until years right. ago. Um, but yeah, love this shit. So excited to get into it, Jose. You are a special guest. You take the opening track, Twenty Eyes. Okay, Twenty Eyes, right out the gate, one, two, three, four, and it just kicks into this really like. Ferocious, kick you in the balls type rhythm beat, whatever you want to call it, and the drum work, fantastic. I mean, I fucking love this song. It's probably in my top five favorites on the album. I mean, just this is a this is a this is a classic to me. You know, when I think of punk rock, hardcore, whatever the fuck you want to call it, to me this this is it. Like this is just classic misfits, anthemic as shit, very sing alongy, very hooky. Even though you know. I'm not a lyrics guy, but you know, as you get older, you start reading up on the shit. It's like, oh, it's definitely just <laughs> what's being said versus what it sounds like are two completely different things. And this song is just one of them. Yeah, classic, classic shit. I love this song. Awesome, Ralph. How about you? Yeah, I love it. Twenty eyes in my head. You know, it's horror punk. You know, it's like uh... exactly. It's, you know, like those B movies. What's, what's the name of their mascot again? The Crimson Ghost, is it? The Crimson Ghost, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, uh, that the whole thematic and and this song, yeah, it's very pummeling, but it's very catchy at the same time. Absolutely. And and it's uh, it's relentless, man. I love this song, and it's and it's the perfect opener for this album. Agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say pretty much what you guys said. It's classic. It's a great opener. Uh, but right off the bat, especially as I went back into punk and got way more into punk, I really see there's a band that I think really had a lot to do with these guys, and it's called the Ramones. Oh, cool. I hear yeah. I, I hear a lot of Ramones musically, but what I love is it's like you know, let alone Glenn's voice and songwriting, it's the Ramones meets Roger Corman. I love that it's horror yeah. punk, but but it's not like you know. Friday the 13th or Jason or shit, man. They're talking about, like, 50s and 60s horror movies and shit, you know? And yeah. it, it's, just a, it's a really neat juxtaposition of, you know, the punk music, but with those lyrics when, you know, all these other punk bands, maybe not so much the Ramones, but a lot of other bands that kind of came out at the same time as the Misfits, it was more about, you know, uh, social causes, you know, especially lyrically. Yeah. You know, there was, there was kind of this underlying theme and here comes the misfits who musically are the ramones lyrically roger corman but they had you know they had a look and they had all this and it was kind of like a little bit of kiss thrown in there because they had you know theatrics and something that you you know most punk bands came out there with a shaved head and you know t-shirt and jeans and ripped out these guys had a look and like a stage show and everything so they really kind of brought it and unfortunately like the ramones they're a band that, uh, you know, they've sold a, a million fucking t-shirts. They've sold way more t-shirts than fucking albums. Because they do have one of the greatest logos of all time. You know, the logo, the Crimson Ghost and everything. It just makes for the best album covers and t-shirts ever. You know? I just yeah. wish more people knew the fucking music. Because uh, they would know classics like 2,000 Eyes. <laughs> or, I mean, sorry, 20 Eyes. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the next one. I turned into a Martian. Oh, God, do I love this fucking song. Loving the whoa. It makes me wonder, is Ralph going to be all right with those woes? Because <laughs> I know how he hates the woes. Ah, uh, I love him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love him in this context, you know, with the Misfits. I think it works great. I love Glenn's delivery on the shit, and I love the, the breakneck pace of the song. All-time fucking Misfits classic. Love it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, the Misfits know how to throw woes in a song and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, piggybacking on everything you guys just Go ahead. Said. I mean, go ahead, Ralph. Did you want to make no, that's, more that's pretty much it. No, that's oh, it. Really? Yeah, I mean, Ian said it best. It's a classic fucking Misfits song. This is my, I would say, third favorite song on the album. If I had to rank them, this is my third favorite. I mean... I, I know punk gets a bad rap, but I mean, I would imagine, assuming people know who the Misfits are and Glenn Danzig being the original frontman, Glenn's a great fucking singer and, you know, he kind of shows that on this album. I just want to give him his props, like even though punk is not really known for great singers or great musicians, sort of say, but considering we all know who Danzig is and, you know, what he sounds like vocally, I mean, he sounds great so far. I mean, I have no complaints. Great singer, so... Yeah, classic Misfits too. Awesome. Why well, uh, take the next one? All hell breaks loose. 
Yep. Oh, oh, Hellbreak Spruce. Yeah, again. Once again. <laughs> just kicks off. Drum drum intro. Bass comes in. And <sighs> Once again, Danzig. You know, Glenn Danzig. He, so far, he's three for three, in my opinion. You know, walls start closing in around you. My Twins of Evil, they shake you by the collarbone. They snap your ribcage and just... During the middle part, when it gets a little more chaotic and it picks back up, it's like, yeah, it starts off kind of slow, not really. You think it's going one way, and then, like, the last half of the song, it just kicks into gear. It's like, yeah, it's, it's great. I love this song. Yeah, it's a relentless tune. Danzig really shines on this. <clears throat> Breakneck speed horror punk. Yeah. Uh, all, all Hell Breaks Loose is a badass song. Another, another one of my favorites on here. I think it rolls. Well, I love it too. I think it goes from strength to strength. I mean, uh, that's the when you're doing an album that's this short and the songs are, you know, this quick. You know, I, I love it that there's no time for filler. You either bring it or you don't because you got like a minute or something to say this shit in. I fucking love this one. Great album track, totally killer. I'll yeah. take the next one, Vampira. Oh, I, and I want to say that. All Hell's Break Loose is, is much better than uh, the Kiss cover that they did on Lick It Up. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. 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 Uh, <laughs> but the next one, Vampira. Oh, man. Do I love this one. And I love the twin guitars on this. Because uh, even though when you'd see him live, you know, Danzig wasn't playing guitar, but he wouldn't play, you know, backup or rhythm guitar on the albums. And yeah. I think it really works on this. I mean, it's not like, you know, Den Lizzy twin guitars or anything, but I like the way it works within a, a punk rock con uh, uh, concept. And it, it wouldn't sound the same with just one guitar. That's why I like that, you know, the, this new touring version of the Misfits, they have a, they have a second guitar player. Because I think it really helps, especially on a song like this, where it's, you know, it's nothing like intricate, but just there's enough difference in the guitars that add to the song and I love this and it's a great fucking tribute to the amazing Vampira and I love like seeing the pictures from this era and stuff you you see the mis young misfits with a middle aged vampire and shit it's just fucking classic love this track what do you think Jose again piggybacking on what you're saying I love this I, I love the song it's it's kind of a slow grower. It slows things down a little bit. I mean, this is Danzig. I guess the band, but Danzig specifically, since we're on Danzig's. We're on the topic of Danzig. He's, this is when I feel like him wearing his influences on his sleeve. It's kind of got this like, almost like subtle 50s flavor to it. Like, kind of rock and rolly, but it's still very punky. And the B-movie aspect, of course, Vampire, tribute to Vampire. I love it. It's, it's again, doesn't slow down one bit, even though it's a slower song compared to what we just talked about. But again, still a great song. Four for four. Uh, I love it. What do you think, Ross? <clears throat> Ralph? All right. Uh, Vampira. Um, come a little close. Come a little bit closer. I love this fucking song. Yeah. More relentless, pummeling music. I absolutely love this shit. All right, I'll go with go, 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 go. Maggie, a go, go. Uh, another winner, non-compromising horror punk. Again, I love what Danzig does on this song and the band. It's, uh, it's a ripping tune, dude. I dig it. What do you think, uh, Jose? 
Ripping just pretty much sums it up. I mean, human's tongue feels a little bit played. It's a missile boy. Oh, 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 oh. The subtleties, the sing-along chorus. I mean, not that there's a chorus to begin with, but it's just oh, oh, oh. Pretty much echoing whatever Glenn, whatever Glenn Dan's experiencing out, the band echoes. It's kind of like a, what do you call it? <clears throat> Tossing and turning almost. Uh, yeah, I love this song. Classic. What do you think, Ian? Uh... This is probably my least favorite song on the album, but I still love it. So really? that tells you what I think of this. Yeah, this is one, uh, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just kind of um, there for me. But, I, I mean, that that sounds a little harsh because I, I still like the song. But if I had to pick a least favorite, it would be this. Gotcha. Uh, but I still dig it. And to me, that's a testament to how... Uh, great this album is you know and there's been a lot of people who credited this as being like a perfect punk rock album and you know i can't fucking argue with them because i don't you know even though it's my least favorite i still don't see it as filler so i don't think you could give a better you know compliment to an album than that so, oh no for sure for sure it's an so album there truck. you go yeah <laughs> but I, uh well i mean, I mean it, it is and it isn't i mean you're gonna hear this at every show i mean there's definitely this is a big song for them. Oh, for but sure. just per- personally, uh, it's my least out of all of them. But yeah, yeah still like it. I'll take the next one. Hate Breeders. Uh, the, the one that the band Hate Breeds named after. <laughs> and it, and if at, at three minutes and eight seconds, this is their like Iron Maiden track. This is their Empire of the Clouds. <laughs> this is yeah. epic for them. Uh, but I love it. I love Hate Breeders. It's just killer. And I, I know we're kind of given, like, short fucking, like, to-the-point answers, you know, but for, for people listening who aren't familiar with this, we're talking about songs that, like, are under two minutes long. <laughs> just, so I think we're given a very punk rock, uh, you know, review of this. Exactly. But there's not much to say. I mean, it's Hate Breeders. It kicks ass. What do you think, Jose? It kicks ass. It's a great song. You know, six for six. I mean... It is the longest song on the album. I think it's like three minutes and some change long. So you're right. It is their Iron Maiden epic, so to say, compared to everything else after this, which is just under two minutes or thereabouts. It's a great song. I mean, it's a classic Misfits song. You ask any Misfits fan, this, this is a this is one of those songs that instantly gets mentioned. I, mean, I, I love it. What do you think, Ralph? <clears throat> uh, love it. More woes that work. Uh, I, I love the structure of the song. You know, it's chaotic and shit, but it's got some cool killer changes. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, I'll go with the classic. Mama, can I go out and kill tonight? Man, does this song fucking rule. It's like very chaotic, and then it's like, man, just when you think you can't get your ass kicked, they speed it up and even make it more ass kicking. Oh, uh, yeah probably my second favorite on this album i absolutely love this song what do you think jose wow great song by the way this i think is the first time this song makes it onto an album because this song was on earth ad which is the next album a little more hardcore this is like the live version i think this is from the evil live sessions like the evil live album the first live record i love this song the way the band, even even in a live setting, they sounded so tight. I wasn't around back then, but it's, it sounds it sounds really tight. And I love Danzig's vocals. It's almost like he's flowing a little bit towards the end. I 
I really dig it, and I also love. I, I gotta, I gotta point this out because towards the end, just before you think the song ends, it kind of goes into London Dungeon, and then it just fades away. Kind of yeah. like a little teaser, which I really like. So, what do you think, Ian? <clears throat> well, this is the first Misfit song I ever heard. This is the one Ben Poskins played for me. And, and just him telling me the title. I mean, he was like laughing, telling me the title. He goes, you got to hear this shit. And it was so long ago. I can't remember if I heard, you know, the live version on this or if he played the studio version. And I don't know which one I like better. I'm probably leaning towards... Uh, the studio, but I like them both. But it was weird, like when I listened to this out for the first time, you know, and you know, not only hearing the live, but hearing it start to go into London Dungeon and then stopping. Uh, but it, it's, I mean, everything about the Misfits is in this song lyrically, musically. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, it only took this one song to, okay, I'm sold. I love this shit. Yeah. This is great. Um, man, it, it's just fantastic classic fucking misfits and i'll take the next song we'll flip this motherfucker over uh 10 minutes later you get to sign two <laughs> and it's uh night of the living dead man this ain't no party this ain't no disco this is the misfits i love this fucking track man this is a classic one this is one uh you know if you were there from the beginning this was released years earlier uh, they had the Night of the Living Dead, you know, single or EP, whatever you want to I think it was like a three-song uh, single. Classic, man. I mean, this is just, you know, this is one of the ones that's, you know, of course, I th- this is on, uh, you know, collection number one. Yep. Uh, I've heard this song a million fucking times. Never get sick of it. Absolutely love this song. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, it's almost a happy song. While, again, making woes work. It's awesome. It's a little change of pace, though. There's a little difference in what we've heard already. Uh, but it's still so kick-ass and awesome. I love it. What do you think, Jose? Classic fucking Misfits. Night of the Living Dead. It's my, I would say, if I have to rank them, it's my fourth favorite on the album. But that just goes to show you. It's a classic fucking tune. Again, whoa, whoa, woes galore. Great vocals. The band is tight. I... I fucking love it. It's a, it's a great song. Fourth favorite on the album. So, the next song is Skulls, and I kind of want to go last on this one. So I'm gonna throw the baton if I can to Ralph to talk about Skulls, if that's okay. So I want to go. Okay. Last on this yeah. Um, this is my favorite on the album. Uh, I love. You know, I want your skull. I need your skull. This is beyond classic, man. Yeah, it's my favorite on here. Everybody needs to love this song. Love it. Badass. What do you think, Ian? Oh, well, I agree. This one is tied for favorite on here. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things that gets stuck in your fucking head. And, you know, for a song that's only two minutes long, it, it, it's perfect. And there's so many bands that should fucking, you know, use this as an example. You know, it, it, it's like everything does not need to be epic fucking length and i love that about classic punk man there was no you know no room for fat you had to trim everything you know and but everything is there in two minutes everything you can need is in one fucking song and i love the darkness of it and you know the vocals and lyrically you know and 
you know, take the heads off little girls and put them on my shelf. I love that shit, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you've got that plus all the other parts and everything mixed in in two minutes. I mean, it's like, bam, bam, bam. Hey, but wait, bam, bam, bam. I love this shit, man. Yeah. I give it fucking ten chopsticks. I love this shit. Jose? Demon I am and face I peel. To see your skin turn inside out, cause gotta have you on my wall. Gotta have you on my wall, cause I need your skulls. Not only not only my favorite song on the album, but in my opinion, the greatest misfit song ever. When I think of quintessential misfit songs, the first one I always point to is this one. This has everything I love about the band. Sing along, it's morbid, it's chaotic. Great vocals, the, the drumming is fantastic. This was actually my first misfit song. This is the first Misfits song I ever discovered, and from then I was hooked. And what a way to hook yourself to the Misfits. At least I like to think so with this song. It's, it's anthemic, it's super sing-alongy, very morbid, like I said. My number one Misfits song of all time, obviously my favorite song on the fucking album. Classic, as classic as it gets. Uh, awesome, well before we move on, just out of curiosity, you say this is your favorite Misfits song. Uh, if I had to pick one all-time Misfit song, it would be She. Oh, great uh, song. What, what would yours be, Ralph? Hungry Like the Wolf. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. Great I thought it was, video. I thought you would say Rio. <laughs> either that or Girls on Film. I don't know. I'm torn. Girls on Film's great. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you have a favorite song, Ralph? No, I, I I would probably say either Skulls or I really like uh, man I really like Death Comes Ripping and I like a lot of Die Great Die song. My Die Die My Darling I like a lot so I don't know it's a tie between those three maybe all great choices awesome. yeah all right well Jose why don't you start off with the next one Violent World <laughs> it's one of, my favorite opening line probably tied with Skulls the, the next one just the let me let me just read this out loud. I got to. Pregnant mothers in Mexico giving birth to still more monster babies. Hideous deformed. Two-headed monsters. Vivisected for your magazine. Essay, come on. Come on to the violent world with me. I, this, this shit is hard. Love this fucking song. Probably my third or fifth favorite. I mean, I, I don't fucking know at this point. All I know is I love this song. It's, it's hard as nails. Classic Misfits too. What do you think, Ian? Oh, fuck yeah. I love this one. Uh, another just fucking banger. I mean, to me, this is just a great punk rock a- anthem, you know? When I hear it, it's just like, oh, everything I love about punk. You know, the purity, the just, you know, uh, even though it's not stereotypical punk lyrically, there's just something so punk about it, quick to the point, and it just, you know, it makes you want to fucking shake shit or slam in the fucking pit and I love that it you know still at my age it has that same effect on me when I hear it you know yeah you just want to break shit and I love it classic track what do you think Ralph oh fucking killer tune bashing out with three chords or less mm-hmm. it's pummeling it's it's awesome it's a great great tune uh, the next one's called Devil's Whorehouse and this song does have a different vibe and I love the slapping noises in the song. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, kind of like a, a Hey Breeder. It, it's kind of a little different, but it's awesome. I love Devil's Whorehouse. What do you think, Jose? 
This is my least favorite song on the album, but it is a great it is a great song. It's very different. This, like you said, this is my dark horse on the album. Much like I guess Hate Breeders was to you in a way. This is my this is my dark horse song. It's still a great song. Like I said, to me, there's no bad song on this album. Just not one that I gravitate towards. But I, I still give it a ten out of ten. Avenged Sevenfold. Wish they had a song this fucking badass. What do you think you have? <laughs> Uh, I love this fucking song, and uh, little known fact, well, it might be little known outside uh, where it's located, but the Devil's Whorehouse was actually located in Warham, Massachusetts, uh, but the head whore is dead now. Long-time listeners will get that. Uh, <laughs> I love, love, love this fucking song, and it is different, uh, Yeah. but I, I like the way it sticks out, you know, there's... Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of stuff I, th- I think repeats here, even though you know there's an underlying theme and sound. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these songs have their, you know, their own distinction, and that's what I love about this one. It it is kind of a, a sore thumb, but it doesn't hurt the ears. You know, I love. Oh, it. not at all. Yeah. Great track. All right, I'll take the next one, which is the other one that is tied for my favorite, along with Skulls, Astro Zombies. Oh my God, do I love this song! I think everything about it is perfect. And in fact, it's so perfect. If you listen to, you know, the post Glenn Danzig era, they tried to rewrite this song about a zillion fucking times. There's so many songs from the Michael Grave eras and beyond that really are basically a rewrite of Astro Zombies. And I I like some of those songs. I'm not going to lie. But, man, if you want to talk about, like, a blueprint that Jerry took for going forward, it was this one. But uh, for good reason. It is a great, perfect fucking song. Love Astro Zombies. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, more killer woes. And uh, I like the cool melodic chorus it has, you know. it's Again, this one is up there. It's probably my third favorite off the album. I love Astro Zombies. What do you think, Jose? Had Skulls not been on this album, this would be my favorite song on the album. This is my second favorite. Probably my top. Nice. It's definitely my top five, maybe top ten misfit songs of all time. I fucking love this song. Prime Directive, Exterminate the whole fucking race. The whole human race. The whole fucking race. Yeah, I, I love this song. Menacing, pummeling, ass kicker, kick you in the balls type punk rock. That's <laughs> <it> better. <laughs> so, awesome. awesome. Well, Jose, you take the last one, damn it. Brain Eaters. Believe it or not, I really love this song. It's only like 50 fucking seconds long, but it's literally, I mean, brains for dinner, brains for brunch. Why can't we have some guts? I, I, I. Again, the oi, oi, oi's at the end or all throughout the song. I love. This is kind of quick, in and out, straight to the point. A lot of people would consider this a throwaway, but I don't. I. Like I said, I love every song on this album. This one's no different. Fun fact, couple fun facts. So Danzig plays drums on this one. And this, I believe, is the only music video they did during the Danzig era was for this song, Brain Eaters, which I think you can find on YouTube. So just wow. wanted to throw that out. Yeah, I just want to throw it out there. They're like in a in a dinner setting. Like them on a, it's 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 a funny video. There's literally guts everywhere, them sitting on a table eating guts and just Slamming the slamming the the the, the 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 wine glasses, whatever the fuck you want to call it, on the table. Just classic, classic. Shit. I love this. Song. What do you think, Ralph? 
Yeah, well, I gotta look into that. I ne never knew they did a video for this. Yeah, they did. But I will say, this is my least favorite, and I'm not crazy about the song. I don't like the multiple vocals. It's kind of annoying to me, but I, I still want to see this video. Very interesting <laughs> that they made an intro. They made a video of this song out of all the songs. You know? Exactly. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. What do you think, Ian? Uh, well, I gotta say that it's between this or Nike and Go Go uh, for my least favorite. But I, I think what I love about this, it's like a Misfits drinking song. <laughs> like I hear this and I just think kind you know, of because the gang vocals. You know, I, I think of like just a bunch of people sitting around, almost like a blow in the jug Sabbath kind of thing. And part of me is like, God damn, Astro Zombies would have been the perfect way to end this album. For sure. <laughs> uh, but there's just something about this that's so different. You know, I almost think if, if there was such a thing back then, this would have been like a hidden track. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's the shortest song. It's under a minute. And so, you know, part of me is like the album ends with, you know, Astro Zombies. But I, there's a little bit of charm about that. And it's probably, you know, the fucking Mick and me and the drunk. But it does. It sounds like a Misfits drinking song. Pretty so. much, yeah. I would be inclined to agree. There you go. That is our review. I know it was a short review, and uh, a lot of people be disappointed because there's no arguing. But how do you argue about a perfect fucking album? Exactly. You know? It's just killer. Released March 1982. Uh, produced by the Misfits. Released on Ruby Records. Uh, you know, and, and I hope a lot of our fans... Uh, check this out because I, I know there's like a good portion that like the Misfits, you know, and some that know of them know of a song here or there. But uh, man, you know, give them some more fucking time. With all the other shit you're out there listening to, you know, put down the new fucking Metallica and pick this shit up. God damn it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and especially like the older I get, man, the less time I got for bullshit. Man, give this a try. You want something new? You want something different? Stop listening to the same old shit. Check out some Misfits. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Now, is this necessarily the first album I would say go to if you're a casual or new fan? I would say no. I would go with Collection or simply titled The Misfits, the classic one with the yellow cover. Hey, it's yellow and black, just like the new Metallica. Put that down. Grab Collection. <laughs> uh... You know, striper. And yes, and striper. Striper. <laughs> and, and if you if you don't listen to that album, I will throw a Bible at you. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, check it out, man. You're you're missing some shit, man. And and check out Samhain or Sawin or whatever. You know, check out more Danzig. It's just it's good shit. It's good shit. Just stay away from the the Elvis album. My opinion. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but nah, man. It, it's it's just fucking killer. And, uh, yeah, I love talking about this one. And I don't think I've ever listened to an album so many times before we did the review. <laughs> it probably has to do with the fact that it's only 25 minutes long, but I, I swear I listened to this like 10 times before I even took notes just because I was having fun. Same here. <laughs> Same here. Well, uh, now you know what time it is, Ralph. Uh, but we have a special guest, so Jose... You go first. What is your pick of the week? So my pick of the week has nothing to do with this band. Same genre, kind of. It's a classic album. Maybe you guys have heard of it. You guys 
might have heard of this or maybe haven't. It's the debut album by the Cro-Mags. It's called The Age of Quarrel. Oh that my is, God, that 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 is the greatest hardcore album ever recorded in my opinion. It's it's a fucking pummeling album. No, no, They're forget absolutely. it. That that album's a masterpiece. That yeah, to master- me is the the greatest hardcore album ever recorded is Age of Quarrel, hands down. Yeah, one of a fucking masterpiece. Fifteen songs, same concept, half hour long, about two minutes per each song, and just nothing like this. Even though it's awesome. kind of sing-alongist, but it's 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 very thrashy in some parts. It's very yeah. heavy. It just doesn't let up. Hard times. We gotta know. We gotta that, know. Life of my yeah. own. No, that that album just signs. Of, yeah, yeah, signs of the times. Survival of the survival of the streets. Secret of the truth. Yeah, I, I love this fucking album. I wish these guys would get their shit together. Where John Joseph and Harley Friday would just settle their differences, and so I can see an Age of Core reunion. But that ain't fucking happening. So that's my pick of the week. Age of Quarrel. Yeah, saw, don't look like I it. Saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that tour and with destruction. You're fucking lucky. <laughs> yeah. Wow. With, with destruction, the German thrash, man? Yeah, yeah. I saw it was wow. Age of Quarrel tour. That had to be one of the most chaotic shows, I would imagine. Oh, it was crazy. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the pit was insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chromax Age of Quarrel. Oh, man. Here's here's where I look like a total fucking poser, because I have I got all the Cro-Mag stuff from Mr. X, but that is one bad I haven't checked out yet. But I've always heard so much shit about Age of Quarrel. Listen I to it. Checked, I haven't checked it out yet. I mean, I got all the shit I've heard. You know, besides you guys, you know, I was like, oh, I need to check this out, and it's one of those ones I always put on the back burner. But now knowing how much both of you love it, I, I gotta that's gotta go. Up in the fucking queue, you know. Yes. I gotta, I gotta check that out soon, though, because uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but good shit about it, and That's I love that kind of shit. So, great pick, great yeah. pick. Yeah, oh, Thank awesome you. pick. Thank you guys. All right, Ralph. Well, do you have one? No. Or, okay, where's my son? It's the only <laughs> time. It's okay to say Ian and Borfor, Ralph. Pick of the week. This is a punk episode. It should have been faster and quicker. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Man, I was going back and forth on pick of the weeks this week. Uh, I had like three or four, but I think I'm going to stick with my actual favorite studio album by the Misfits. And that would be Static Age. Uh, great, great album. Just absolutely amazing. Uh mm-hmm. You know, I never heard it, even though I heard some of the songs, I never heard it, you know, how it was supposed to be until I got the Misfits box set in 96. And wow. Um, and it's weird because it's, on one hand, it's it's even more raw, but on another hand, it's more polished. Uh, yep. You'll just have to listen to it to, to make sense of what I said. But yeah, I think Jose will back me up here, uh, you know, when you listen to it, it will make sense. Yes, but I mean, just you know, static age, hybrid moments, uh, some you know. kind of hate. Oh yeah, last caress. It's, it's, yeah, you know, and I still kind of stick by. You know, if you're just new to the Misfits, get collection first. But yeah, uh, it's unfortunate that this didn't get released first. Uh, I, I I think it. 
I think it would have done well when it first came out because it is a little bit different and, like I said, a little bit more polished yet raw, uh, yeah. but absolutely amazing. And this is one I really love going back to, uh, you know, just because I listened to, you know, the other stuff so much before the box set, you know, this like, oh, man, and hearing the songs in that order and structure and everything, I just absolutely love it. I think Static Age is amazing. And uh, it's it's what I was listening to right before we, we started recording because I'd listened to, <laughs> you know, Walk Among Us so many fucking times. Like, let me throw on Static Age. And I was just in love. It was a fucking eargasm. I love that shit. Check it out. You can now buy it independently. At first, you just had to have the box set, but now you can buy it separately. Mm -hmm. uh, so check it out. Ralph, what you got? <clears throat> I'm going to go with the debut album from Leeway, Born to Expire. King oh, fucking hey, love it. Yeah, right there. That Yeah, you talk about Age of Coral. I was love born, it. Born love to Expire it. a little bit. I, Age of Coral is only a little bit better. Yeah, that don't give me a raging heart on. <laughs> Great dude. Pick. Yeah, Born to Expire is monstrous, man. Yeah. Mark of the Squealer, uh, out of the Get outside, Enforcer. Catholic you high know. school girls. Yeah, girls <laughs> in trouble. Love it. Uh, yeah, it's, for, it, it's just a monster. Oh, I love kick that album. Fucking album. Yeah, Leeway, Born to Expire is my pick of the week. My personal favorite is Desperate Measures, uh, but Born to Expire is a masterpiece. Yeah, Desperate Measures, the next album. Yeah, the the one yeah. after. But oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm at a loss here. I never heard of Leeway. Is that oh, anybody yeah. from another band too, or? Same Leeway is a New York hardcore band. They they have several albums out. You know, the, the first two, the one you mentioned, Born Expire and Desperate Measures, are the only ones. Yeah, yeah. Give gotta right. give a shout out to Eddie Eddie Sutton, the lead singer who's going through cancer. Apparently, supposedly it's terminal. I'm not exactly sure what the deal is, but speedy recovery from hopefully he makes out Did, of didn't he have a lot of heroin problems back in the day yeah he had some like drinking i think it was like drugs and and i'm not sure if alcohol had something to do with it but drugs for sure yeah. and if it caught up to him hopefully he makes a speedy recovery because i've seen him live many times and they're, they're fucking they're yeah phenomenal. they're awesome i saw them once i saw yeah. them once they're awesome yeah all right well i i wrote that down i'm gonna check that out because uh, you both seem to be crazy about it, so yeah, you'll love yeah. it. It's very crossover thrash, very hardcore, but it's 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 great. It's badass. It's it's it's, it's like it's it's very much like Duran Duran. <laughs> oh, <laughs> funky! I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I will check that out. It's, All it's right, like, it's like the Duran Duran, the Reflex era. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, the Reflex, flex, flex, flex. Awesome. Well, I already love it, then. All right, well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week, and the fan is here after five long years. Oh, thank you uh, so post much. Postponing and doing it. Brother, I hope this was worth the wait. I oh, it was worth it. it. Oh, I, I was so nervous. Uh, you know, the listeners might not know, but uh, uh, when we first started doing this today, uh, Jose's connection was terrible. We could barely hear him. Oh, I'm so and, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no, 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 but I felt so bad because I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if anybody's waited longer than Jose for their fucking episode. We've got some people who have waited. Oh, it's but, quite uh, alright. 
I would have uh, been forever if I had to. But again, not to cut you, I just want to thank you guys for having me. And you and Ralph, of course, I've been a follower for since day one. I don't post yeah, a lot but, on the page. Uh, I, I, I gotta, I got I gotta tell you, Jose, and this is the truth. Yes, I kept telling Ian for years. I told Ian, "Dude, we gotta get Jose." And then Ian kept saying, <laughs> "Ian, Ian would just say, fuck that spick." And I was like very offended because I'm a spick as well. You know what's I'm funny? Like, but, but I'm a spick. <laughs> I was born in Spain, actually. I'm from Europe, so I'm technically more white than you. Well, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Ian's a black Irish. Wow, that's white. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no, Ian and I have similar backgrounds, come where we come from and stuff, you know, soul music. That's where Ian and I kind of connect. Yeah. So, but yeah, thank you guys for having me. Big fan of the, the show and member of the page and all that good stuff. I actually have my own page too, where I talk about mostly punk stuff. I think Ian's a member now, so. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. And it's. It's in English. So it's in English, it yeah. Out. It's definitely not in yeah. Spanish, though. It can be if you want to. <laughs> ¿Qué? ¿Qué? Uh, well, thank you again so much, and I'm so glad everything worked out. Because yeah, I, I was I was worried there at first, and it turned out to be a great episode. It's a short episode, but again, it fits the punk rock ethos. You know, in and out, exactly. goddammit. Check out this fucking album. There's no, there's no arguments on that one. In and out. That's you what know? he said. Hey! <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. And if you liked this episode, check out the fucking album. Check out our picks of the week, and come back next week. The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Mama Beacho. Yeah.